We will now move into the proclamation and response part of our worship. And it is in this part that we will hear the scripture. And we're going to be hearing from Paul today. I really enjoy reading Paul. He's pretty controversial. Some people say they don't like his words or they'll find an interpretation. That's not what he means. You see, Paul is someone who accepted his call. And everything he writes is to a specific context for those people to live the promised life found in Jesus. Let us pray. In our prayer for illumination, God, I ask that the Spirit come down and abide in each of us and that we, through your grace, make the choice to let the message be from you. May we hear the words, may we feel the love, and may your grace transform us into the disciples that you are calling us to be. I pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul has been arrested again and is in chains in a prison cell in Rome. This is a letter of encouragement to his disciple Timothy, who he considers his son in the faith. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Last week, 
I went to the United Methodist Women's Group in the evening, and I was able to hear a story by a missionary. The stories she told brought tears to my eyes. Stories of a world and lives lived in a context with cultures that many of us would never understand. Stories of orphans, widows, and children being marginalized. Can you imagine an orphan child with no place to live and the only food that they could receive in a whole day would be one little peanut butter sandwich? That's it. Just a peanut butter sandwich to sustain them for the whole day. Her story told of all that can be done when one person has authentic faith in Jesus. She travels to India and South Africa to serve people because that is what God has called her to do. One woman making a difference in hundreds of people's lives. One woman sharing the promise of life that is in Jesus Christ. She reminded us that evening that we are all missionaries. You see, her holy calling is to go serve in India and South Africa. But for us, she reminded us that we are all missionaries called to serve in the context where we live. She reminded us of what Paul is writing to Timothy about. You see, Paul wants to promote the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. A promise that began way at the beginning in creation. A truth given to us in John 1, verses 1 through 5, which reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God was in the beginning. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. When God made creation, he created it for his own purposes. A Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, created a kingdom for God to dwell with creation. And when God made humans, he made them to be stewards of that creation. We are introduced to what is known as the creation covenant. You see, God's purposes for creation have not changed. Paul wants Timothy to have a vision of what God intends for his creation. 
a good conscience is when we have a mindset to live for God's purposes for his world, to open our minds and our hearts to the promise of life that is in Jesus Christ. Many of us want to believe it begins with our faith. It's not true. It begins with God's grace. A grace that can make a mustard seed faith grow in trust that God's gift of grace is enough to transform our fallen world back into the kingdom God intended it to be. As fallen beings, we cannot save ourselves. When we apply our own legalistic adherences to God's purposes for creation, we are placing our own idolatrous vision about God's purposes and his vision for creation. As fallen creatures, we are driven by our own desires. God is the one who saved and called us with a holy calling. The call to discipleship is a call to be an apprentice to Jesus Christ. And Paul is reminding Timothy and us that it is a holy calling that serves God's purposes in his world. Paul is telling Timothy that God's gift of grace is shown in Jesus Christ. The incarnate God who came to be the covenant mediator for all people. Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenantal actions that have come before. Jesus is the Messiah intended to mediate God's covenant to all of humanity. You see, the promise of life in Jesus is found when you trust in Jesus as our mediator. I read a book called The Epic of Eden. It's by Sandra Richter. She's an Old Testament scholar from Harvard University, and she writes about the promise of life that is in Jesus Christ. She says that Jesus is the last Adam who defeats Eden's curse. He is the second Noah commissioned to save God's people from the coming flood of his wrath. He is the seed of Abraham. He is the new lawgiver who stands upon the mountain and amazes his audience by the authority with which he speaks. He is the heir of David. She affirms Paul's message in her book. She says that the God-man Jesus Christ died for humanity so that we, the offspring of Adam and Eve, might be born again to a second chance at life. God's original intention to offer kingdom citizenship to every man, woman, and child has been accomplished in Christ. You see, as Methodists, 
We believe in a Christian pilgrimage, a journey of spiritual development filled with God's gift of grace, a grace that opens our minds to God's purposes, a grace that opens our hearts to God's love. As apprentices to Jesus, we are to trust in our call to be disciples of Jesus. I was blessed in university at seminary to have a man named Ted Campbell as my professor for Wesleyan theology. He's a leader in Western theology, writes books and gives seminaries and and, uh, teachings everywhere and different seminars, and he writes about John Wesley's understanding of salvation. John Wesley's way of salvation is about God's intention for salvation. His purposes become real through the lives of men and women and children. Our salvation is the result of God's grace Paul is saying in verse 13 that with faith and love, we must hold on to the pattern of sound teaching given to us in Christ Jesus. Our salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. Our salvation is about an interactive relationship with God. Our salvation is about participating now in what God is doing on earth. The missionary is living a life of costly discipleship. She is living to bring thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The Spirit abides in each of us to rekindle this gift of salvation. Our salvation is a treasure placed in our trust through the conviction in our minds and hearts that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Our Christian pilgrimage is about a spiritual journey of transformation. Transformation of mind and heart to live each day for God's purposes, for creation. Trusting and believing in Jesus as the covenant mediator for all people. Your call to discipleship is a call to be a missionary in our context. A call to share the promise of life found in Jesus Christ. Do you live as a missionary in your context? God's grace will change us. God's grace will change our Christian community. And in the end, God's grace will transform the entirety of creation. We are given the promise of life in Jesus Christ. New life lived in hope. A hope built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness.
There are words given to us, Revelation eleven fifteen. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. I offer a prayer written by the Old Testament scholar, a prayer she writes to promote the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. And she says, May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who delivered the children of Abraham from the slavery of Egypt and the exiles of Eden from the curse of death, live in your hearts and bring you home. Amen.